Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself Rob Lambert and of course with me Helen Lazowski. We hope you're doing safe and well and um, thanks again of course for all the listeners and downloads that we've had. It's been remarkable to look at the numbers like we do before every show. Helen sent me a WhatsApp with a video in and today's episode is us talking about the content of that video and it's a bit unusual it's not one of our usual style episodes is it Helen no 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 but it was it was quite an interesting conversation that that video prompted so I we're going to share it because we think it's part of the reason why we use stationery in the way that we use it 100% so there's four topics we'll introduce all of this in a minute and the video itself and then we'll we'll muse about the I guess the four buckets of content within this video and how we feel about those four things because actually when I watched the video I really resonated with it. That's what we're going to cover today so a little bit different um, but of course yeah. we're still going to be talking about stationery but we always have our little stationery story bit at the beginning. Have you got anything Helen that's been happening in your world? Well <laughs> I have actually sent out a little flair. My, my daughter's at um, boarding school, she's nearly 18 so she's off to uni hopefully soon um, and I was in, absolutely enthralled with the way in which she is using stationery. So she sort of scrounged off me a big, long piece of tracing paper I had, which was, it's sort of about a meter wide and it, it runs the height of the, the wall. Um, and I was like, what on earth do you want that for? She says, I need it for classics. She's doing classical civilization. So Roman and Greek uh, literature, primarily Roman. And I didn't really think anything of it, but she then started sending me these little snapshot updates. And she's done an entire timeline of the Roman, uh, sort of all the emperors, the whole of the Roman Empire on there. Uh, she's got it color coded with little stickies, you know, post it notes she's cut down, annotating this is when this happened, this is, these are the, you know, who was. Who was president? No, I don't mean president. Do I? Who was emperor at the time? <laughs> what the different things were? I mean, and I, it's absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing what she's done with bits of paper and post-it notes. Wow! And so what I said to her was, "That's super cool way to use stationery. Is anyone else at school doing this?" And well, she said, "Oh, they're going digital now." I said, so tell me about the rebels. Go forth and find out what the rebels are doing, the people who are refusing to give up their stationery. I want to know. So I'm hoping that that might give us some uh, interesting things to talk about in the future, Rob. I, th I think so. That sounds amazing. That sounds incredible. And I guess you've got like a mini stationery freak there as well. I mean, heavily influenced by her mum. <laughs> she's, yeah, not so much. She She's not, uh, you can't give her uh, a nice pen or a nice notebook. I have to say, when we recently cleared down an office at the beginning of the year, we got rid of a load of, you know, as you do, you get rid of a load of stuff. And there was this huge whiteboard, probably a metre and a half across and, well, over a metre tall. Massive. And I looked at it and I thought, I cannot bring myself to throw it away. It's, I know how much they cost. Mm. But I've got nowhere for, to put it in my study. It's, my study's taken up with plants. There's nowhere to put plants and stationery. So I had it propped in the hallway and it literally, the minute she saw it, she took it upstairs. And it, there is, she has done amazing work on that, on a whiteboard. I over and over. So she'll do a whole load of stuff on this, clean it all down, change topic, whole load more stuff, take a photo, clean it down. Really interesting, right? That's cool. That's I want to cool. know how teenagers are using stationery because it's not the same as us, Rob. 
she wouldn't give anything for a really lovely notebook. And I mean, frankly, it doesn't matter what I do. She, clearly, she's wrong, but I can't correct her on that. But give her something that she can use in a way that makes sense to her. She's all over it. All over it. I think that's it, isn't it? You know, they've got to find their own way um, with this. And, you know, I don't think my kids do anything as creative of that. But my eldest is studying for his GCSEs this year. And he started using A3 paper. And he's, he actually requested last night a certain set of pens. I can't remember. I think they were, they were Pentel eye pens, I want to say, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm a fan of those. So that's good. Yeah, so he actually requested a certain pen because he liked the thickness of the line and the way it wrote on the paper, and I was like, cool, yeah. I don't know whether we missed a press release. I don't know whether we missed something or whether you knew about this, but you didn't tell me. But Paper Chase are going to be in Tesco stores. Did you know that? Yes. Did we not talk about it? I don't think so. I might have missed that episode. (laughs) I sort of saw it on the news last night, and it's an old article from January, and I was like, how did I miss this that... Yes, the paper chase stores have gone, and that's really sad because obviously, you know, jobs and that and what have you there in the in the industry. But also, we used to walk past them and then go in them we because do. you can't walk past a paper chase without going and having a look. And then we'd usually buy something, of course. We really would. And yeah. Now they they're going to be back in Tesco stores at some point. So wow, just looking at the press release, and I can't believe I missed that. That was what eight months, ten months ago. Has it already happened? Do you think? Well, I'm off to Tesco at the weekend, so I shall uh, I shall have a look. Um, but I've um, finished a zine that I've been working on for my other brand um, over on the other yeah. channels that I run, and I have bought some coloured paper. That's the only stationary thing that's happened to me in the last couple of weeks. I bought some coloured paper because everybody who buys a copy gets a typewritten note from me saying thank you you know maybe some if I know the person then I might write a little personal note if I've never met them before don't know who they are then I'll just write a very you know generic thank you hope you enjoy it sort of thing and I started out on white paper and it just looked really boring so just bought some colored paper that is about the highlight of my last two weeks of stationery pretty dull right it's really dull because I I bought uh I've bought four pens since then so you know I bought well I decided I was going to try some rollables, but with much finer nibs. Um, so I started looking, and I've chosen two of those. But then, well, as as often is the way, I stumbled across. And now I'm not sure that I'm approved of this, but I was going to give it a try. It's like a single use fountain pen. Now I'm looking at it, and I'm not sure that it has to be single use, but it's got a really fine nib as well. So I thought I'd give it a go, and it's really good. It's really good. I don't like the single-use aspect of it, but given that I wanted to take something away when I went up uh, to Cambridge for work, I didn't want to. I didn't want to lose one of my decent pens, so I took that with me instead. I don't know whether you saw. We're, we're on LinkedIn of all places, and we did a promotion uh, post about the you know traveling stationery freak, and somebody left a comment. I don't know whether you, you saw it, Helen, and it said, "Never would I take an ink pen traveling with me ever." Uh, would never risk it. Would never risk a good notebook and an ink pen traveling. So maybe the one use ink pen is for that use. And of course, there's the environmental impact, which is not good, is it? I mean, we, yeah, it seems a shame nowadays. But maybe it is for the traveling stationery free that doesn't want to risk one of their mainstream usual pens. I have to say, I have absolutely, uh, I, I'm in line with that person, whoever that was, because when I went traveling to Egypt in, I don't know, around about Christmas last year, I actually, I don't know if you remember, I lost one of my wonderful black wing pencils. Yeah. 
And yeah. I've bought two boxes of Blackwing pencils since then, but I can't get the same, I don't know, HB-ness. What's, I don't know what it is called. Hardness of pencil. So the two I've got are much softer. And much as I love them, they're still not as good as the one that I dropped somewhere in Heathrow Airport. Well, somebody's a very lucky person to have found a black well, probably pencil. probably not. It's found by a three-year-old who doesn't know what it is, does it? I mean, you've got to yes. appreciate the pencil when you find it. Yeah, probably <laughs> snaps it in half and ate it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's jump into today's uh, content. So the video that Helen sent me is a video by a lady called Elizabeth Phillips, and that's Phillips with an F. So it's F-I-L-I-P-S. We will include a link in the show notes. So Elizabeth, if you ever do get to listen to this, thank you so much for making the video. The video is called You're Not Lazy, How to Live a Chaotically Organized Life. And you can find it on YouTube. And as I say, we're going to include this in the show notes. And the video, I guess, to some extent, takes a little bit of an aim at habits and routines. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I absolutely would. I think uh, it's it's almost like, but there's another side to that. So you'll know, Rob, all my life, I have had to build structure and routines and habits and behaviours to make sure Without that consistency, how am I going to get better? Without that list of jobs to do, how am I going to remember what I've got to do? And I've read James Clear and I've read Charles Duhigg and I've read I've read stacks of, you know, Dad Ariely, lots and lots of people talking about behaviourally how you can be better at doing that stuff and why you should do that. And, and you know, Ryan Holidays talks lots and lots about this too. We're both big fans of his. But this is really about... But on the other hand, there are the people whose brains work like this. And mm. the really interesting thing about it was that not only did I recognize you and send it to you, I sent it to about four other people I know as well. <laughs> um, I know, right? And I recognized some things about me in that. And I was thinking, well, maybe we should mention that we use stationery usually in order to do the first part of that to make lists, to keep track, to to write a journal, to, you know, even when you're talking about the apps, they're all there to remind you to keep doing the same thing over and over all the time. And mm. I think Elizabeth made an absolutely amazing point that there is another way, at least one other way. Yeah. And that's always something I like to listen to. You know, we'll, we'll cover the four things in a minute. But when you sent it to me, I, I sort of procrastinated watching it. You know, I've got other stuff that I wanted to watch. And I watched it this morning, actually. And I resonated with almost all of it. I mean, every, you know, every video, every topic, there's something that you don't quite feel fits you, but it yeah. felt like she described me. And yeah. I think I've been spending a lot of time trying to fight that by doing all the other stuff, you know, the routines, the habits, the calendars, the to-do lists, like you say, and Every time I've done them, I follow these routines and habits for about a week and then they disappear. I move on to something else. And I think she's encapsulated what that feels like because the other way also works. And when I do the other way, my natural way of operating in the world, there's some carnage, there's some chaos, but there's also <laughs> a lot of growth and a lot of stuff gets done. So yeah, yeah. we're sort of skirting around the topic, but let's jump into the the main four buckets of the video, which Elizabeth yeah. does a a really good job of introducing very early on in the video. And the four are, and we're going to go through each one separately, but I'll just go through the four now. The first one is this idea of 
falling behind other people, then catching up with them, and then actually moving ahead. And we'll talk about that because I see that in myself a lot. Number two is something that she calls the seven-year itch. And basically, it's that screw that 1% improvement, that marginal gains that we hear a lot of people talk about. I think it features in James Clear's book. And actually, what she does is a 1,000% improvement or a 100% improvement. And again, I see myself very much for that. Number three is optimize for passion, not consistency, which is interesting. We can jump into that. And then number four, I was a little bit, I suppose, a little bit more confused about this one than the other three, but this is about adult brat. So talking to yourself, I guess, in a sort of more adult way, um, which we can jump into a little bit, but I, I probably struggled the most with that one. But the first three were just super gold. Um, what did you think when you watched it, Alan? So the fall behind catch up. Well, yeah, each of those for me, I can see some of myself in there. And I think the biggest thing that stuck with me was this idea of recognize when you're not actually quitting. So I've given up. I've done it for a week every day for three months or whatever it might be. And then I didn't do it. And I've broken the chain or whatever that motivation used to be. And I've really hated habit trackers for this reason that idea that if once you once you've stopped it it's like if you're on a diet and you eat chocolate you just go well it doesn't matter what else I eat today because I've already I've already given it up right um and she says recognize when you're not quitting you're just not doing this anymore and I get bored Rob you will know yeah I I struggle to make myself do something that I'm not really interested in and then even if I can find a way of trick and I'm really good at tricking myself into being interested in something then once I've done it for a while and I'm kind of 80%, I am the queen of 80% done, right? Um, <laughs> mostly done, you know, it's fine. I don't, I don't need to worry about the next bit and I want to drop it for a long time. I might then come back to it in a long time later and finish that off and rechange it and think about it differently. And she talks about all of that and it's really interesting because I left to my own devices, as you say, it could be carnage. Left to my own devices, I would naturally work that way. It's only the environment and the roles and the jobs that I do that mean I have to be massively better than I have been. Yeah, and I think that this first one, the sort of fall behind, catch up, go ahead. Uh, you know, Elizabeth tells really the story of, I guess, my youth as well, because I see this in myself, and I still do this. Um, for I think I was doing my HR diploma when we were recording these episodes, wasn't I? And I may you have used about how. <laughs> that's sort of me as an adult essentially going back to school and doing something that actually has a, an exam and you've got to pass and you get you know results at it and Elizabeth's story is really at school where she used to fall behind everybody else so you, you know maybe not do the homework maybe not be you know top of the class or you know where you should be according to to what the teachers think and you know, that wasn't quitting, that wasn't failing, because what she describes is really interesting is that's just a third of the story. Because at some point, she would then find the passion, the interest, the motivation, the, you know, whatever, the time commitment, the sort of panic that you've got something to do, and catch up, and then be so enthralled and enthusiastic in this thing that actually, she's ahead, she's studying the next module, she's looking forward six months, and she's suddenly six months ahead of other, other people. And I found that really interesting because that's that's my life. You know, I leave everything, <laughs> yeah. everything to the last minute. Then I catch up 
then I get engaged, then you can't tear me away from this thing and I'm suddenly ahead and getting stuff done. Yeah. And my HR diploma was the same. I would leave all of the assignments to the Saturday before the Monday deadline. I would procrastinate all day Saturday, complaining and moaning about how I hated what I was doing. Then I would spend all day Sunday doing it and I'd even start revision for the next module. And that's how I've operated almost my entire life. And you're almost told that it's wrong, that you should have a revision plan. You should have a schedule. You should have an hour a day is better than five hours at the weekend and whatever. Yes, it's, it's, and that's it's the interesting thing, wasn't it? She's talking about the you know the one percent gains don't work for her because she can't do that consistency. What she can do is get in, interested in it and immerse herself. And I liked the idea of this obsessional immersion. And I get like this slightly obsessional. I just it's the only thing I want to do, and I will immerse myself in it for hours and hours, quite happily, providing things don't come and interrupt me. And I, yeah. that allowing my brain to run at its own speed in its own directions. And that I found was really interesting because she jumps 500 or 5,000%, she was saying, forward when she does that because she's got that immersion mm. and that interest in it. So rather than the 1% gains giving you incremental improvement, she does these massive steps forward and then leaves it for a while and then comes back to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I did think about this. So we've just had a little minor story here. We just had a new boss start at work. She's another stationary freak, loves her stickers, Rob. Um, <laughs> and she was asking me, how do, I, you know, how do I communicate with you and all the rest of it? How do you like to work? And I answered my usual answer, um, which is I like talks and conversations. I'm creative if I'm given a problem. But, but you know, don't, I do not like to create big documents. I do not like to consume big documents. In fact, that's the stuff of nightmares for me. When I saw that video, Elizabeth's video, I just thought about this and I thought, this is because I am, I need to do that deep work, that time to really immerse myself. And because I don't have that time, I can't do it in 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there or interruptions all the time. Mm. I hate to do the deep work. So I spend my entire life basically ticking things off a list to try and get to a point where I can do that deep work, and yeah. and I can't. So well, the list never know, ends, does it? It it never does. And yeah. it did she did say something in there, which is, you know, it's not that she can't do meetings and be on time and deadlines or the rest of it. She can do these things. She's just not best at them. And I thought, you know what? I spend my life trying to get to a point where I can do the things I'm best at. So I'm doing all the things that I'm okay at, but not the things I'm best at mm. because there's yeah. I never get there. And that it, this has been like a little epiphany for me, really. The the marginal gains thing is actually point number two on the video, which I think is tied yeah. exactly to point number one, which is you're sort of immersed and you 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 catch up and then you get ahead, and then that sort of marginal gains of one percent means that you have to be consistent and you have to have that routine, and every week you just get one percent better and one percent better, and. You know, we've we've done podcasts on this, haven't we? Where we're we're trying to do that, where we're journaling and we've got habit trackers. Yeah. And my entire career has been built around habits and behaviours. Well, that that is, you know, that's it. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. What am I doing in my life? <laughs> well, that's it. And and I think about work, and and I think about this this sort of. She's called it the seven year itch, where she uses the example of learning how to do three D animation. And I've I've just published a zine, and I've exactly the same process where I've sort of 
checked out a few videos. I know I'm going to do it. I've read a, maybe an article here and there, but I've not started to do this thing yet. I've not learned how to do desktop publishing. She said the same thing about animation. She's watched a few videos. She's, you know, read a few articles. Then all of a sudden she's in there and she spent a whole day learning how to do animation. And I spent three days pulling together the zine, learning how to use the tool to do that at the same time. So after that three days, I was a thousand percent better at desktop publishing and building a zine than I was before I started it. And it's the sort of counter to that is that, well, just work on the zine for an hour every day for the like, for like three months. I, I can't do I that. Wouldn't... I can't do it. No. <laughs> I just can't do that. I'd have, I have to just jump in there and do it in one sitting and suddenly you get better overnight. I know. I mean, and maybe it's exactly that same reason why I fail at these the habit tracker things, you know, whether I'm using the paper-based ones or the Moleskine Balance or the Stoic app or even, you know, Rob, I've had a long-term battle with journaling despite the fact that I love to write. Yeah. And it's that consistency of requirement. I've forgotten to write it, so therefore, you know, forget yeah. it. And and it's that all or nothing that's the problem with consistency. She even says, you know, if you're not doing it consistently, your marginal gains don't really amount to enough. You have to be really consistent for it to count and I just that constant consistency is really tough so it's really interesting to have that as a stationary question I'm thinking well yeah maybe we'll come back when we get to point four of the video to journaling because that talking to yourself is is journaling actually and I think that's really interesting part of that but I think I, I think in today's culture and society, I guess, I mean, you get yourself on Instagram and you look at all these videos and people have got all these morning routines and, you know, this is how my discipline helped me do this. And I'm a, a huge fan of Jocko Willink, who discipline equals freedom. And I totally, totally agree. If you can discipline yourself to do the things that matter day in, day out, get better at them, brilliant. But I can't, I can't stick to it. I can't do that. And I, maybe there's something wrong with me. Who knows? But I think what Elizabeth highlights is you can still get the same results by doing it differently. And that's the approach that she, she sort of outlines in the yeah. video. And I find that really fascinating that she's sort of almost going against what everybody says you have to do. And in some respects, you almost feel like a failure if you can't have that discipline to do the work every day at the same time and all that kind of stuff. It feels like you're failing somehow at getting anything done. But she does a really good job in the video of articulating that actually this other way does work. It might not be traditional. It might not be optimal, but it kind of works. Really grateful that she's put the video out, to be honest. I mean, it's probably a year old now. It's just that it came up on one of these rabbit holes that I go down with YouTube occasionally. So, Yeah. 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 So that was us talking about number one and two, which is this sort of idea that you know, this yes. kind of way of working, you sort of fall behind everybody else, but that doesn't mean you've quit and it doesn't mean you've failed. You then catch up and because you're so immersed in it, you sort of get ahead. And then number two was this screw that 1% improvement. Why not go for a thousand percent improvement by just jumping into something and learning how yeah. to do it? And then number three is is really interesting to me. This is, you know, I hear this a lot. People talking about optimize for passion, not consistency. What did that, you know, when you got to that part of the video what were you thinking well that was that whole thing I I kind of cut across to it earlier that obsessional immersion so that idea of just I have got all day I mean in fact I'm doing this I'm going up to a place called Gladstone's library and it's specifically to go and do nothing (laughs) nothing except write 
because I am so burned out with work and such a busy life and I keep trying to cut things down and I'm not succeeding at that so that obsessional immersion is if you want to write Helen find find how are you going to make that happen so this is a common question I do which is how how can you do that not what can't you do how can you do the thing you want to do so I thought right well I've got some holiday I shall take a couple of days holiday and I'm going to go to somewhere that's fairly monastic (laughs) It's actually a proper library, but it's a site. You have to be silent in the library, and they don't have TVs in the rooms. They don't. It's a radio, I believe. But um, yeah, the idea is is that I you're going there to do a certain kind of work, and I because everybody knows I'm on holiday. The only thing I shall take with me is my ability to to write. So yeah, that's what that meant to me. That obsessional immersion, that idea of mm. just sinking yourself deeply into one thing that you are hugely interested in right now. Yeah. Wasn't uh, the the library mentioned, did Helen Callahan mention that when we interviewed? It's Helen Callahan, yep. She's the one yeah. who told me about it. And, um, I thought I yeah, it. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I remember checking it out actually and thinking that sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, very good. Um, I, I struggled with this one a little bit because I see myself here and it's kind of like optimized for passion. So what are you interested in? But the problem is, is that if I follow my passions and interests, I'm doing a thousand different things a week and nothing gets done towards those bigger dreams and bigger goals and bigger hopes. So on my other channel, I've been publishing a newsletter for nearly five years, every single week, pretty much give or take for five years. Now that's consistency. That's routine. It's habits, discipline. Do I really, really enjoy it? Sometimes, yes. But sometimes, no, sometimes I really don't want to sit down and write, but I've, I've got to kind of do it. And then there's a YouTube channel, which I absolutely love making videos, but I'm not as consistent with it. And then there's this podcast where we're getting more consistent and we really enjoy doing it. Do. So I'm sort of like in two minds. I love the message that Elizabeth presents, which is this optimized for passion, not consistency. But I think that for me needed that balance that says, yes, I, you know, I love doing you know, making music, but that's not going to pay the bills and it's not necessarily going to move me towards the goals and ambitions I have. So I have to balance that with a bit of consistency. I didn't take it like that, actually. When she was saying that optimised passion, I was thinking about when you have stuff that you have already chosen to do, whether because this is stuff that you want to do. So imagine you have a to-do list of quite big things. What you do is you pick the stuff you most want to do today. So that that you're up to or whatever, so that you're optimizing for your passion right now. There is stuff that we have to do, but you want to do all the things that you're involved in, Rob. It's just that you might not want to do them today. Today, you're not feeling it. So what she's saying is wait till you do feel it. Invest when you do. And and that's where you get really great gains and where you can do huge amounts of work. And on the days you don't feel it, do something that you are feeling more like. So don't Mm. try and say, I said on Mondays I was going to do this. And I don't feel like it. Just swap Monday and Tuesdays around or, you know, spend three hours on Monday and no hours on Tuesday and Wednesday, whatever it is. That's how I'd read that. Yeah, I, I read it in a similar way, but I think that there has to be, I mean, I think towards the end, she she adds a really interesting caveat that is there has to be a base level of routine and, and habits. Otherwise, how are you going to get through life, you know? Yeah, and right. certainly, certainly as, as a parent, you know, there has to be some routines in there somewhere. And I kind of, I did, I did sort of read it and understand that in that way, but still part of me said, 
you know what, it's Monday. Monday is my day for writing the newsletter. Do I feel like it? No, but I've kind of just got to get on and do it. And But I, I see the other side, which is there's things that maybe don't have an immediate deadline that other people will say, build this one day a week consistency towards it. Like writing a book, I've got another zine coming out. Am I going to be writing every day for two or three hours? Probably not. But when I'm interested, I'll jump in there and I'll probably spend five or six hours writing and get huge amounts of it done. I think that's what she meant. Yeah, I think so. And it reminded me, are you familiar with a guy called Mark Forster? No. No. So he's got a website called Get Everything Done and he's a bit of a productivity guru. And he has this system called the Autofocus Time Management System. He comes up with some rather (laughs) fairly standard names for some interesting concepts. And the idea is you just list everything that you got to do on a sheet of paper. No prioritization at this point. Just get it all out. Just write everything that you've got on your mind. And every day you just go through the list and you do what you feel like doing. It's as simple as that. Really? That's that's. That's, that's, yeah, I can do that. I mean, talking of bits of paper that you go through, I did watch uh, some Van Neistat videos after you recommended them. And his do list thing, can I just, slight deviation here. His do list thing is basically a very untidy bullet journal. I don't care what you say, Rob, that is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I like it, yeah. Well, maybe I am into bullet journaling after all. But I think during the episode... He, um, he actually articulates very something very similar to what Elizabeth's saying, which is yeah. these routines and habits and the detail and the discipline that he has is, is a way of controlling this natural impulse to live in chaos. And there was a really interesting video he did with the founder of Patreon, and they were talking about this, and he said he would never hire anyone to come and do the work. So the editing, the filming, the writing, because no one can do that. That's his. He has to do that himself. But what he would do is hire somebody to come and put all of the stuff away that he gets out during the week. So all of the tools, (laughs) all of the bits of paper and put it back. But he said, even they wouldn't be able to do that because they have to go in a certain place so that when he knows he needs, I don't know, a number three size screw, he knows exactly where to go and get it. And that fight, for those systems and that structure and that organization yeah. is a way of giving him the freedom to do the stuff that he's super passionate about. Yeah. And I think that's what Elizabeth's saying here is, you know, don't necessarily go for these routines and habits if they're not necessarily helping you get the big stuff done. Yeah, she did use the word damage. And I have to say there are days when it feels like that. I've worked super, super hard and I fought my instincts and my sort of own self all the way and there's no satisfaction even when you've done the job because you don't feel yay I've done it you just feel thank god that's over yeah exactly exactly yeah and I'm reminded of um I was just trying to find the quote in the video that that she goes um actually I can't really find it there but the sort of optimizing for passion is really about sort of focusing on on what you're good at and you 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 sort of hinted at this, which was you're doing all of this other stuff to try and give you the deep work space time, basically, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. And I think that's why people are so sort of almost focused on this consistency and these routines and these habits is to, as Jocko Willing said, give you the freedom to find the space to do the other stuff. But for me, I just, I just can't do it. I'm with Elizabeth on this one. <laughs> 
to be honest, yeah, I'm with Elizabeth on a little bit of this too. We've talked anyway. about this on, on loads of episodes, haven't we, about the routines and how we use, you know, notepads for this and printed sheets for that. And the following week, I'm sure our listeners have noticed this, that we come back and now we're not using that anymore. <laughs> but it's because what we're trying to do is, 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 for me, I'm trying to constantly control the chaos. That's the whole reason of 90% of my stationary use is to control the chaos. And um, I have been exploring the idea of being slightly more free with my notebook. And so instead of it being a bullet journal, it being whatever it needs to be today. Um, and that's all well and good, but you can't find stuff when you want it, right? So, um, yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? You need systems. You do need systems. You can't survive in the world without, yeah. but you also need to make time um, to do the things you're best at. And if that is deep work, then that's what you should be finding time to yeah. do. And if it's not enabling you, really what it's doing is stopping me. I find that really yeah. interesting. And I think that's where, you know, Elizabeth isn't saying you don't have systems, you don't have routines, you don't have habits. But I think when you're trying to get into this, thou shalt do this every day at this time, yeah. you're, it might work for some people. And I'm utterly, utterly envious of people that can do that. You know, they're up at four every day, they work out, they do this, they do that, they have this amazing routine. And I'm super envious of that. But actually, I can achieve similar levels of output and outcomes by operating in the way that I do. And I think... It's just nice to have that balance. It was just nice to watch a video that wasn't, you know, here's my morning yeah. routine and here's my ultra-disciplined life, but yet she still achieved some great stuff. So, yeah, huge thank you to Elizabeth for the video. Yes, indeed, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. It's been really interesting talking about it as well. So that's been quite yeah. fun too. And we didn't cover number four, which was the adult brat. I suggest you watch the video. Let us know what you think about that section. It's basically self-coaching isn't it that do you use the same voice to talk to yourself as you, you would use to talk to yeah. somebody else and we often don't um and it was it was just a reminder I think I think that you know the likes of you and I Rob have done some reflection and thinking about this in fact we've talked about this but not everybody has and I think that's a really good point to stick on the end which is you need to be forgiving for yourself find out what works for you this yeah. is about finding a way that works, not about doing what everyone else says you should be doing. Which even I think she uses a line in there, which is like, you know, it's really undervalued this exploration of why we feel we need to do something. For me, that's journaling. We've done a cast on journaling. We've done a cast on routines and habits, and we've done casts on all sorts of stuff that we've covered here, haven't we? We have. So this was, yeah, this is why we, this <laughs> less about the stationery itself and much more about why we use the stationery that we use and the problem that we're actually trying to solve. And that I just think that this video was really interesting to say, and there's another way. I wonder what stationery she uses to do her chaos. <gasps> That'd be a good question. Uh, you know what? I think um, once this episode goes live, Elizabeth, you may get a message <laughs> from either me or Helen asking you maybe if you want to be a guest on on the podcast so you can talk about the stationery that you use. Um, but yeah, I, th I see stationery being in every part of what we've talked about and what Elizabeth covers in that video. You know, yeah. journal notes, learning notes, knowledge management systems. Yeah, we've covered it all, um, including some of the digital tools like Todoist and your habit tracker, the moleskin balance, wasn't it? Are you still, yeah. you still going with that? No, it's all hit and miss for the reasons, all the reasons yeah. we just said, really. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's why I don't use Todoist anymore. Yeah, I had a routine and a schedule and I never stuck to it. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this bit of a, a diversion from our usual stuff. Um, but we are going to be returning, hopefully, with a couple of guests in a, over the next month or so. And we've got some really, really cool Christmas ideas coming up for you. Yeah. Um, I think um, year before last, we did a, was it last year, Helen, or was it the year before that? I think it was no, it was the year before. It was the year before. It was quite um, last minute, relatively speaking. Um, yeah. we, we were recording lots of mini advent podcasts and that was kind of fun too it was it was a lot of fun actually and obviously we'll send links around at christmas to sort of re-promote those because they're still super relevant um but this year we've got another idea we've got a couple of ideas and you'll hear those as we get into that part of the year so um with that that's all from me really helen anything you'd like to chip in no no thank you for chatting to me it's been nice god to talk again rob it has, and what an interesting, um, interesting topic. And thank you so much to Elizabeth Phillips for doing that video and all the others that she's got. She's got a wonderful channel. Yeah. And the video, awesome. just to remind you, is called You're Not Lazy, How to Live a Chaotically Organized Life. I should also say, uh, Elizabeth does a podcast as well called Philosophy, which is, um, yeah, probably worth mentioning as well, since, you know, we've used her content basically to build ours. So, <laughs> so is it philosophy as in using the first few letters of her surname, Phillips? No, no, it's philosophy, as in the way you feel, F-E-E-L-O-S-O. Ah, Ah, cool. I'll tell you what, I'll grab the link, we'll stick it in the show notes. And with that, we look forward to speaking to you in the next podcast. Take care. Bye.